A great story always begins with the front page. Welcome back to another episode of The Front Pages, where we discuss relevant sports news and nothing but facts. You are now tuned in to episode 31 of The Front Pages. But before we do get into today's content, one, thank you all for your patience. It means so, so much to me. And two, make sure you're following The Front Pages on Instagram for more exclusive content. We just had the question of the week go up and look, I see you guys commenting, comment with each other. I don't want to just talk to y'all. Y'all need to talk to each other, period. But look, (laughs) make sure you're following the front pages. I promise you will not regret it. And yeah, let's get right into today's episode. Well, I do not yet have a title for, but I'm sure by the end of this episode, it will develop on its own. So first, I would love to start off with some women in sports news as Kansas City National Women's Soccer League will be building a new riverfront stadium. Now, let me explain to you why this is big and why this is even news. Well, this is the first top division stadium in the world constructed for a women's team. This stadium will cost $70 million and have a 11,000 seat capacity that is set to open for 2024, but this is big and it goes along with just the momentum that we're seeing for women's sports in general. And I think this is big. This is the inaugural season right now that Kansas City is playing in and they are actually playing at Legends Field in Kansas City. So that's pretty cool that they'll get their own home stadium in one of the biggest. And I've always said that I want to visit every stadium in the United States. And I know that that's like so many stadiums, but this will definitely be on my bucket list. And the team owners, Angie and Chris Long, they're definitely very excited for this transformation of facility. They say that the facility will help transform the game in Kansas City attract others to the city and they just believe that this is an investment and commitment that will straight that will shape stronger future for our entire region and their athletes i just think that's cool you know anytime you have a new stadium being built that just adds a little bit more anticipation and um support in an instance to the community so big up to kansas city Um, in their new facility that is under construction as we speak. Um, And I actually, I thought this was just an interesting fact about this news is that the co-owner of this team is Brittany Matthews, who is Patrick Mahomes' fiance. So just to see their contribution as a couple to their community. And I just love that. I love to see someone give back and to see someone make an impact on their community. So big ups there for Kansas City as we move right along to college football week nine. So as the AP polls linger in, Georgia still remains in that first spot. Cincinnati at two, Alabama sneaking back into that conversation, sitting at three, Oklahoma will be at four, Ohio State at five, Michigan at six, Oregon at seven, Michigan State at eight, number nine goes to Iowa, and number 10 spot to Ole Miss. 
Some good games to look forward to this week is that number six, Michigan versus number eight, Michigan State. This will be a big game as it will reign who is true king to Michigan. And then another game to watch, I think, will be Baylor number 16 versus Texas. I think Texas have been off of a lot of people's radars with those tough losses here early in the season, but... I think they're still a great competitive team and Baylor is a good matchup for them to get back into that top 25 position. Georgia will face Florida this week and my Gators have struggled this season. Not going to lie to you. Um, took a couple tough losses. They really come out the gate strong or they try to finish at the last minute. So that's kind of where their biggest deficit has been for them this season. So Look, if the Gators can pull off a win over Georgia, I'm here for it. I'm here for upset. I'm definitely here for it. But Georgia just hanging on to that first place position. And it's been long awaited. I think Georgia has definitely earned this position. And they're looking to maintain it. And a loss to Florida will definitely ruin their chances. But look. If Cincinnati was to win out this week, I think they have a conference game against like Tulane, I believe. Um, and say, hypothetically, if Georgia does go down, Cincinnati getting that number one spot, an American conference team getting the number one spot, future Big 12, yo, that, that will be big. That will be big. If y'all don't know by now, y'all know I am strongly rooting for this Cincinnati team, you know, as a fellow American Athletic Conference member, how can you not? How can you not root for this team right now? So super stoked for Cincinnati. But in other news, while we come out of the AP polling, Texas Tech, man, this team, although they are currently five and three, they have fired their head coach, Matt Wills, Wells, excuse me, after just two seasons. He holds a record, a losing record at that, 13-17. to 17. And I think this weekend was just the icing on the cake for the Big 12 because they blew a 14-point lead versus Kansas State. So that game went to Kansas State 25-24, to 24, and I think they just said, okay, Enough is enough as Texas Tech has started their season 0-2 in the Big 12. And really looking at the rest of their schedule, they will be the underdogs. They have to face Baylor still, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Iowa State. Yeah, it's not looking too hot for Texas Tech as the remainder of this season kind of prevails. But you know. I ain't going to count them out just yet. I mean, I'm going to count them out for top 10 for sure because, heck no, y'all y'all ain't seeing that. But y'all still have ch- chance to get back into that top 25, I think, if you can win out on at least two to three of those four games that you have remaining in the Big 12. But, look, things ain't looking too hot in Lubbock, Texas for them. But as we shift gears a little bit, on a happier note, the Houston Astros are back on the World Series stage. And you know what? Hold on. Let me give a round of applause. Because, man, every time you bring up the Astros, somebody got to bring up about them cheating. Now, look, I do not condone the cheating by any means. 
But look, we back here, fair opportunity, new squad pretty much. And we're right back at the stage. And I'm talking, I'm saying us like I'm a part of the team and I'm not from Arlington, Texas. But I've never really just rooted for the Texas Rangers like that. I mean, nah, I never, I don't even, I have a Houston Astros shirt. I don't even have any Texas Rangers um, apparel. So there's that. But anyways, Houston Astros back in the World Series stage. They beat out Red Sox in game six. And this is actually their third time in five years advancing to this stage, which is pretty cool statistic if you think about it. That's not really easy to do, especially in the MLB. I mean, come on. But so many people just talk down on the Astros and saying that, oh, they will never advance back to this stage without cheating, which we don't know yet if they ain't cheating. We don't know that yet. So I'll give y'all that. But what I will say is that, look, it's a new series. They will face the Atlanta Braves. And I'm just so excited because I think initially from the beginning of this season, everyone predicted the Dodgers to win out this year. And now you have two teams who kind of had a rough start in their season prevailing here at the end. And I, I will be happy to see it go anyway, either way, just because I don't really follow baseball that way. So I'm definitely just going to root for the Houston Astros to begin with. But, no, forget that. I am rooting for the Houston Astros. You know, the city will be lit if they win. I can recall back to when they won the World Series and just how united the city of Houston was at that moment. And actually, Houston can use a dub. I ain't going to lie to you because your Texans ain't doing jack for y'all this season at all. You can really just count the Texans out this year. Now, the Rockets, I'll accept Except because I'm a fan of what they have going, what they have brewing. It may not be in full detail this season, but look, Houston Astros putting on for the city. Game one will be Tuesday. Game two will be Wednesday. Game three, Friday. And then game four, Saturday if needed. Game five, Sunday. Game six, next Tuesday. And game seven, November 3rd on Wednesday will be the final wrap up. If need be so hopefully the Houston Astros can win out so I can say that I've witnessed two world city series in the city that I live in but look I'm up for all trash talk if need to be so as we kind of talked about the Houston Texans a little bit I do want to talk about Deshaun Watson now there are talks of trades of him potentially being traded to the Dolphins and then also I believe the Panthers are now in that conversation, which I've been for this trade for these two teams since the beginning of the season. I said that those may be better fits for him, especially within this organization. Like, I can't even tell you what the Texans have been doing. Like, I know they've been losing, but I can't, I I really just can't even, I don't follow that team. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just... I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the Houston Texans. I don't think I ever was. I think I was more so a fan of DeAndre Hopkins and what he did for that organization and like J.J. Watt, um, figures like that. But I'm happy to hear trades for Watson. I think he definitely can still get an opportunity to to play. Um, Although we still don't really know the extent of his legal issues and that battle and where that exactly is. I think we haven't really just seen a lot of a talking about that actually. So, which I mean, that needs to be handled the way it needs to be handled. 
I'm not going to speak on that situation, but I think it would be a good fit to see him go to the Dolphins or the Panthers. I think those are two teams that can really benefit. Um, not speaking down on Tua, because um, I definitely think he's a talented quarterback, but I feel like they kind of rushed him to get back into this game. They... Okay, no, let's actually go back because at the beginning of the season, they were already kind of talking about trading Tua for Watson, right? And I think the reason why the Dolphins initially did not engage in this trade is because they kind of built up a lot of traction with, you know, drafting Tua and having him as their new franchise name and trying to build upon that. And now they've seen it kind of not really go in their favor. So now they're looking for alternatives. And yes, it is iffy. But if you think about it, the world of sports is very political. And I think that's just a political move that the Dolphins are looking to make. And I don't know. So I'll be interested. I'll be watching to see where Watson will end up. Where do y'all think he will end up? Do y'all think that he will he will play this season. I don't know if he will necessarily play this season. I I don't really know. I think that's still up in the air just because of that legal issue that he has going on. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm very curious to see how this situation will still play out. But in other NFL news, please tell me y'all have been watching Monday Night Football Manning cast. Please, please tell me y'all have been watching it. This is by far one of my favorite things that they have done as far as entertainment basis goes for sports. I think, you know, having Eli and Peyton there is in like special guests kind of rotating in and out. It just really adds a factor to watching the game. And, you know, the other day they had Marshawn Marshawn Lynch on there. And look, this dude needs his own show. I am a Marshawn Lynch um, fan. I am a stan. I love everything about him. I love just how authentic he is as an individual and how he doesn't really let the league kind of influence his character and him, who he is as a person. You know, anytime you see Marshawn Lynch, you see him kind of doing his own thing and not saying that he goes against the rule book and things of that nature, but he's just himself. He doesn't allow people to, or pretend I don't think I've ever seen him pretending to be someone else have y'all like it's Marshawn Lynch so I really just love him and he was actually a part of that Manning cast and he said that he took three shots of Hennessy before joining the Manning cast this past Monday and he was like he took one for himself took one for Peyton he took one for Eli and this is like bro what you are crazy but I love it I just Love it. And actually, ESPN made um, Eli apologize because Marshawn was cussing on there and it's supposed to be a family-friendly whatever. Look, I'm not mad at it. I feel like it just adds flavor to it. It's not so much scripted. It's just true, authentic guys watching the game and providing commentary as it kind of prolongs. And I'm here for it, look. If y'all got up, this is the second time they done had to apologize, but it's just funny. I love it. Whoever thought of this idea, give them a raise. Give them a raise. I hope y'all y'all get a chance to, to watch it or tune in one time. I think you definitely will enjoy it. In other news, I think I have just witnessed the best in-season trade by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
The Tampa Bay Buccaneers traded a fan for the 600 Tom Brady touchdown ball for two signed jerseys and a helmet from Tom Brady, a signed Mike Evans jersey and his game cleats, a $1,000 credit at a Bucks team store, and two season tickets for the remainder of this season and next season. Man, if that fan did not look up, that's crazy to me. That's that's a nice trade. He definitely won that trade. The Bucks, y'all did. Y'all all right with me. Y'all all right with me because that trade is a trade of a lifetime. You definitely made that fan's day. And that's what it's all about. I think, one, this was definitely a marketing move for the Bucks to do. And it just goes, one, to show, like, their relationship with their fan base. And, yeah, that's it, really. <laughs> No, it definitely speaks to the relationship that they have with their fan base and just what they're willing to do to be marketable. And I think this is definitely marketable as it's been on pretty much every sports page and talked about. And I just, I love it. I'm always here for connecting the fan base to the team in different unique ways that organizations find to connect with one another. So just wanted to put that in here, if y'all didn't know about that. The Bucks out here making valuable trades, as some should do. But as we shift gears just a little bit, let's talk NBA. Because the top 75 list has had these locker rooms in an uproar, okay? <laughs> so actually, the question of the week this week on the front pages is... If you can make any changes to that top 75 list released by the NBA, what would it be? Who would you remove? Who would you add? I think the hardest question is who you would remove. People have stated that they will remove Dennis Rodman to input um, Dwight Howard. Some have said to remove Ray Allen. I, I'm, I've just heard it all. I've heard all types of perspectives and I just want to know why why do you think that why do you think this person got snubbed or why do you think this person should have been included you know people are vouching for Dwight Howard I don't know if I would add him I'm not gonna lie to you I, I don't I don't know I don't know I will argue Vince Carter yes Tracy McGrady yeah I, I would I for sure will add them I think they should be included in the top 75 but I just think it's so hard to say who should not be on that list. I think that's the hardest part of it all. But as we debate that on the front pages, let's talk Ben Simmons because this has gone on way too long for my liking. So in the past, we've already seen players kind of when they've made up their mind that they no longer want to be with an organization they do everything in their power to not be a part. And I think James Harden was one of those most recent players to kind of show some resistance on not playing for the Rockets. And now he's with the Nets playing completely different. But I digress. And, you know, Ben Simmons, after last year's playoff run, they kind of think the media is at fault for this and let me explain to you why because the media really took it hard on him as far as he doesn't need to be a part of that um, organization and I honestly truly just feel that 
he may feel undervalued, unneeded by the organization, and how can you expect him to play for a team of such? I don't understand why they have not traded him because at some point this becomes a distraction for your team and other players, you know, and, you know, like him coming to practice and not wanting to be involved so he gets kicked out. That's that's a distraction. You're taking away time to deal with that versus dealing with the players who want to be there and the players who who are looking to achieve something this season. Now, not saying that that Ben Simmons should be overlooked and that he should not be addressed, but I think it's just the way that things are kind of unraveling right now have not been in a positive light. And now um, – you're seeing him being fined. I mean, he got fined for not being at training camp, um, missing all four of the preseason games, which equaled out to be $1.4 million for missing those games. He was um, suspended by the team and claims a back injury. You know, I think he was saying like some stiffness in his back. And now he has even went to the extent to say that his mental health is not correct and that he needs to take time to deal with that. And being that, Mental health is such a factor now that organizations are being kind of forced to deal with and forced to address. It, I think the question has now developed to, is Ben Simmons truly dealing with mental health issues or is he just utilizing mental health as a cop-out? Now, in my opinion... I think he may truly be dealing with mental health. I mean, if you want me to go play for an organization who really don't even want me there or do not see me to be valuable to the team or a valuable asset, I don't want to be there. So, of course, it's going to mess up my mental. But on the opposite end of things, the way that he has been handling situations, it's kind of hard to say that he has he is not using mental health as a cop-out. I will hope that he's not using it as a cop-out, but... Man, today you really just never know. But I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he may be dealing with some mental health issues concerning um, playing for this team or not. So, look, I hope he finds his footing, finds his way back to the court as he does have some talents that I think his time is not over in the NBA. But, look, who knows? I'm just going to put my hands up with that win because the Chicago Bulls have started their season 4-0 for the first time in 25 years. Now, that's a long time coming because, look, I'm 25 years old. So that means that y'all ain't started 4-0 undefeated since I was born. That's a long time. I done grew. I done grew. I done seen a lot of stuff in my lifetime. So you mean to tell me it's been that long? That's crazy, but you know, with that addition of Lonzo Ball and Demar on the on the roster, I, I think it's a good look for the Chicago Bulls. Now we know like that beginning record really means nothing, but it's a good start. It's a great start because it's not really so much about how you start; it's about how you finish, how you deal with injuries, trades, things of that nature. So I'm excited for the Bulls. You know, I would really love to see that reignition of that of that brand i think that we have not seen um just the energy behind the bulls since d rose so that's cool just to see the hype surrounding the bulls in 2021 okay so as we move along 
I just wanted to provide an interesting fact here on the NBA, and this will be your historical fact of the episode. The NBA now has 13 head black coaches, which is just one time, well, one shy from an all-time high. So those 13 coaches are Nate McMillan for the Hawks, Jason Kidd for the Mavs, Willie Green for the Pelicans, Steven Silas for the Rockets, Chauncey Bullops for the Trailblazers, Ty Lue for the Clippers, Wes Unsell Jr. for the Wizards, Jamal Mosley for Magic, Amy Odoko, Adoka, excuse me, for the Celtics, JB Bickerstaff for the Cavs, and Dwayne Cassie for the Pistons. And this is this is pretty cool to see because I think you see, like, especially for the NFL, you see things like the Rooney Rule implemented to ensure fair opportunity for African Americans and other minority candidates. And now you're seeing the NBA kind of without the Rooney rule, establish these fair opportunities for minority individuals. As you see, 13 head black coaches, that's just an outstanding numbers and a cool statistic to, to see real time. So as sports world continues on, we will have to end episode 31 here. But look, thank you so, 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 so much from the bottom of my heart for tuning in each and every week. And look, we're just getting started here and look forward to some future guests on the episode. And look, if you are looking to be a guest on the front pages, DM me, reach out to me. Even if it will be from a virtual standpoint, I can make it happen. Call me Mrs. Make It Happen. All right. But until next week, I'm out. Peace.